Revelation chapter 4 is our passage to look at this morning from the Word of God. Revelation chapter 4. That was a beautiful song and it goes right along with our chapter today. Actually, 4 and 5, if you're familiar with Revelation, go together. But we're going to look at just this morning in the will of the Lord at chapter 4. So, it'd be good if we all turn there. Revelation chapter 4, last book of the Bible, fourth chapter. And I just... uh, I'd like to start off this morning with a, start our meditation with a couple of <clears throat> questions. If, if we could travel anywhere we desired, where would it be? Just think about that for a minute. If you and I, you, could choose anywhere you would want to travel, where would it be? And another question, have you ever traveled to a place that you wanted to stay longer? You know, you get to a place, I wish I could be here forever. Right? There are places like that, right? In America, here at the Great West, we call it the dream vacation, right? Well, the fact is that we are all traveling to a place we will be forever. And it doesn't matter how many uh, temporal stops in vacation land or tourist haven that we want to make, and those are all good, they're necessary, Right? We make our trips here and there, many of us. But we are all heading to a place that we will be forever. And the Bible describes it as this, everlasting life or everlasting fire. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible term, but it's in the Bible. Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. I, I just can't imagine any worse words to hear from the Lord Jesus. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. But today, no, we're not going to look at that yet. We're going to look at heaven or hell. That's one of the two places that we're all traveling together. Uh, we're all traveling to one of two places, right? Heaven or hell. And today in our chapter, actually, uh, John, the writer of the last book of the Bible, he's going to take us to one of those two places. Now, uh, in a minute, Brother Daniel is going to come up and read for us, so we'll need a uh, microphone set up for Daniel. I was thinking just before we we, um, started this morning, that we have today, I'm sure it's been going on for a while because I'm old and haven't noticed, but these things called virtual reality or virtual games, right? I go on a, I can, I can even go on a virtual tour if I'm going to buy a house, right? Oh, you know, and I go a little, and I can, I can, I can visit 
And, and it's like I'm there, you know. And if I get on a game, oh, you know, all oh, excitement because oh, I'm there, you know. I'm, you know. It's like I could shut out the world around me and I'm there. Well, this morning, far before anything ever was like that, we have John in the spirit. We're going to talk about that. He's going to take us to heaven. This is beautiful. He's going to give us something better than a virtual tour. Because it's in the spirit of God. You know why it's better? One of the reasons, one of the many reasons is, if you're here this morning and you know the Lord Jesus as Savior, you have dwelling within you the very Spirit of God that, that wrote this book, that empowered, enabled John to visit heaven, to be caught up in the Spirit, to go there and give us this tour. I don't even have to press buttons. I couldn't do it anyway. But, you know, we got the Word of God here. So, Daniel, is there a microphone that Daniel could use? As we read, think about this. John, by the Holy Spirit, is taking us on a tour of heaven. Uh, Verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four elders, and seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And after the throne, there was, as it were, a glass of sea, like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. And the first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. And the third living creature, with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature... Like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive honor, glory, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Daniel. Okay, hit that next slide there. We're going to just make a few introductory uh, comments. Well, let me just say something about that. We'll expand on this in a minute, but what's next? <clears throat> We're going to hear about what's next in this chapter. Okay, go to the next one because that's, that'll expand a little further. This is the outline that we're working on, right? In, and it's, it's, it's actually a unique outline from chapter 1, verse 19. The things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. I must have added the uh, chapters later. But the things which you have seen, John saw something in chapter 1. He saw a vision of the Lord. 
the Lord Jesus. The things which are chapters two and three, he saw the churches that were then in existence. And then in our chapter today, the things which will take place after this. It's a very, very helpful outline. I don't know if there's any other book of the Bible that outlines itself like this. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a spirit given outline. It's beautiful. But you know, there are others that are very, very, uh, helpful. So let's go to another one here that this may help you in your thinking and, uh, go ahead, uh, Tim, that, that will, uh, help us to get a, you know, a good overview of this. There's a, there's a little phrase mentioned four times in the book of Revelation, in the spirit. And it, it, it in all of those sections there, we'll, we'll, Cover them in a second. Uh, we, we, we have the, the, that particular thing covered. Remember, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in, in, in chapters one through three, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he saw the, the blessed Lord Jesus. He saw the churches that he was walking among. And then, he, then it's Christ in the cosmos. Now that cosmos is a word. It's a Greek word. It's, it, it's in our Bibles. Christ in the world, basically the world and that the things that are uh, around. First of all, let me say something about the, the phrase in the spirit. Um, the, the this is the, the, the state of consciousness that John was in as he was able to deliver these things to us. Remember, the Lord said, write the things which you have seen, the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. So John was in the spirit when he when he saw these things. Right. And, uh, it's not like there's a, it's a common phrase actually in the Bible. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's, that's contrasting our moral state and our spiritual state. It's not that kind of in the spirit, but here it's the state of consciousness where John was able to see and, and reveal these lovely things to us. Christ in the, in the church, Christ in the cosmos, Christ in the conquest, and then Christ in consummation. And we're going to see as we go through the rest of the revelation, Christ is at work in our world. Sometimes we wonder if he is, but he is. And there's coming a day when he will conquest. There will be this, 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 uh, this victory, this, uh, that should say consummation. I'm sorry for that. I don't know how confirmation got in there. I apologize there. It should be Christ in the consummation. He's not getting confirmed. He always was. <laughs> anyway, Christ in the consummation. But we're going to see that as we, let's get, let's get rid of that slide there because that's, 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 that leads, misleads us there. But anyway, Christ is going to be, he's in the conquest. The, the, there's a verse in the Revelation that said, the time is coming when the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. If you look around now in the kingdoms of the world or the cosmos, you might say, wow, this is out of order. This is really disheveled. This is really amazingly uh, 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 a mess. You know, we wonder at the, at the political situation of the world. But Christ is going... Uh, thank you uh, very much. Christ is, is going to... There's going to come a time when he's going to be in conquest. And uh, the, the revelation, somebody said, is advanced history of how the king of kings takes his throne, right? That's what the last book of the Bible... One of the things the last book of the Bible is about. Advanced inf- history of how the king of kings takes his throne. Okay, go to the next one. This This may help us as well as we move through the revelation. We have a little phrase that's mentioned 30 plus times. You can go on. Uh, it's, and, and the little phrase is, I saw, I saw, I saw. So that's, that's, we're going to see visions of Christ. There's, uh, in, in, in chapter one, if you can get to the next slide, there's visions of God. Chapter one. In chapter two, there's visions of grace. 
two and three, there's visions of government. That's where we're starting this morning and visions of glory. So all through this, we, we hear John saying, I saw, I saw. You know, how many individuals in the Bible actually got caught up to heaven, but didn't come back to tell us anything? Well, Paul, he got caught up and he said he heard things that were unlawful to utter, but he could not convey them, right? Uh, Enoch was caught up, right? Uh, Elijah was caught up, right? But did they, did they come back and tell us what they saw? No, not that I know of. Only John the Apostle. And, and you see this phrase in the book of the Revelation. I saw, I saw, I saw. Now in the second section, you don't need that, but I know. In other words, the Lord Jesus, as he looks down on the, the, the churches, as he's walking amid the lampstands, we've already heard about that. I know, I know. He can't, we can't fool anything with the Lord Jesus. He knows. He sees all, he knows all. All things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So visions of God, visions of grace, visions of government. That's where we're going to start this morning in visions of glory. And I could ask a question as we, before we move to the next slide. Are, are the visions of the revelation your visions, my visions? Think about what you, what, what you think is ahead for you, what, you think, what I think is ahead for me, you know? Well, depending on our age or status, you know, we have the, the milestones of life. Well, beyond all that, what's next? All right, what's next? So go on to the next uh, phrase here. We actually uh, think about... Uh, I didn't have the what next slide in there. That's all right. Chapter 4 begins... With the same, uh, chapter four, verse one begins and ends the verse, the first verse with the same uh, word after this and hereafter. In other words, we're going to think about this this morning that what is next? What do I have to look forward to? What do you have to look forward to? That's it. Thank you. What's next? Revelation chapter four is going to tell us what's next. You know, here is the insight of foresight. Here, there's heads up on what's coming up. This is beautiful, right? Heads up on what's coming up in the hereafter of ever after. This is no fortune cookie future here. You know how that goes. People use various things to determine their future for what's next. I was reading a few weeks ago about um, the king of Babylon in Ezekiel chapter 21. He had to make a military decision. He came to a point in his life or in his his his, his uh, uh, conquest that he had to ma- he had to make a military call. And this is in Ezekiel chapter twenty one. He's marching toward uh, the, the the land and he's coming to this fork in the road. And and he said, "What shall I attack first? So let me tell you. He he's wanna knows he wants to know what's next. And he uses three means of fortune telling. He marks an arrow for Jerusalem and one for the other city. He consults his household gods. And then it says, he looks into the liver of a slaughtered animal. You thought it was crazy riding down to Hollywood uh, Pines Boulevard and you see tea leaves and palm reading and tarot cards and the Lord works to tell your future. Or you read your horoscope or you go to a Chinese restaurant, right? Get your fortune cookie. Well, here is John not looking into the liver 
but he's looking to the Lord, right? Because the Spirit of God, he dwells in the Spirit of God. You want to know what's next. I want to know what's next. God is going to tell us. He knows the end from the beginning. And it's beautiful as we see what happens after this, after this. Now, if we just look uh, at an overview of uh, the rest of the, the, of the book of the Revelation, think about this. There's a lot of events that are coming up. The first one is implied in verse number one of chapter four. Immediately I was in the spirit. There's coming a, uh, coming a point in time, and it could be today, before we even finish, that the Lord Jesus himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's an immediate uh, uh, action. The rapture, a snatching away. The Bible teaches that that's going to happen. That's in the future. It's implied in verse number one. We won't push it, but it's implied in verse number one. It's taught clearly in the, in the word of God and the rest of scripture. However, there's a lot of more things that are going to happen on this world and, and on this earth. The Bible makes it clear from this point on, from chapter four through the end. Uh, Christ in the cosmos, right? What's going to happen in the world before the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ? Well, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. There's going to be a certain man that's going to rise up, the Antichrist, the beast, however you want to designate him. The Bible says he's going to rise up and he's going to grab the world's attention. He's going to lead the world for a while. But on this very earth, there's going to come some catastrophic, cataclysmic judgments that the world has never seen before. It's an awful scene. And this isn't Hollywood talking about Armageddon or anything like that. This is the word of God telling us the details of what's coming up after this. It's horrible to, ha- to think of, of men that, that are seeking death and they can't find it. They're, they're, they're so uh, want to give up, but they can't even die. There's hundred pound hailstones coming out of the sky that are going to crush people. There's they're, they're men gnawing their tongues for pain. These types of things that, that, you know, I remember, listen to this. I remember I worked with a guy uh, uh, some years ago and there's a series now, well, it's been out for a long, long time called um, Left Behind, right? Left Behind. And this guy, listen to this, he... You know, we try to be a witness like you all, all of us do to every, our coworkers. And he, he would tell me, he, he was gripped by these books and they are pretty gripping. If anybody's never read what's uh, left behind, very gripping. And he would say to me, and he's not a believer, he told me he was, but I, I could tell by his lifestyle he wasn't. This scares the H out of me. H-E double hockey sticks, as Coney would say. It scared him stiff. But was he, did he ever come to faith in Christ? I don't know. But he was gripped by these things. But you know, that's one of the, that's, that's one of the many things that are coming up in, 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 in the rest of the world. Before, you know, Revelation is about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. The first coming is in the Gospels. The second coming is in the Revelation. When he comes in power and great glory, he will, he will come back. We will, those that know Christ will come with him. 
You know, it's a, it's a marvelous thing to think that in the Gospels we have the king in mockery, right? But in Revelation 19, we have the king in majesty when he's coming back to reign and to rule and the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And actually, the Bible says, wonder of wonders, we shall reign with him. There's coming this time referred to as the millennial kingdom when the Lord Jesus will sit on the throne of David and those who know him will reign with him. It's it's remarkable. It's marvelous. All these things are, are, are spoken of here. So let's go to the next one. And let's actually get into chapter four. What's next? The the the, the throne, the throne. That's going to be our our kind of uh, it's it's the throne uh, slide. The if we look in in um, in chapter four, there's a key word that, that occurs many times. Throne, some 12 times. We'll talk about it tonight in our small groups. On the throne, around the throne, from the throne, before the throne. So here in verse number one, uh, John was caught up. He heard a, a voice, as it were, a trumpet. Verse number one, talking with me. Obviously, or evidently, I should say, a reference to the Lord Jesus who appeared in chapter number one. And John heard his voice as it was a trumpet. Come up hither. There was an invitation to come up to see the things that what must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, behold, a throne. So here is John. He's caught up. There's a there's a there's a door opened in heaven. He's invited to come through and he sees there a throne. He's taken up with a throne in heaven and the one that sits on the throne. Now, I want to say up front, let me just read uh, verse three as well. He that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. These terms here in chapter 4 are very unfamiliar. And perhaps on a surface read, we we might get, uh, you know, a bit confused. Like, what in the world is going on here? John is trying to describe, or John is describing, in this state of consciousness of being in the Spirit, he's describing who he saw, what he saw, and who he saw. Now, this may help us in our thinking. Because these terms may not mean a whole lot to us in our, in our state right now. We, we may have to get a little bit, bit more understanding, and I have an example to think about. So, it says, it says in the, uh, <clears throat> The Hebrew letter that the that Abraham and his family, as they left, they, they the God of glory appeared unto him and said, "Get out and go." Where were they going? To a heavenly country. They were looking for a heavenly country. They weren't mindful of the country in which they came out. They were looking for a heavenly country. Well, John is going to take us here. Now, can you imagine trying to describe something from another country to another country? All right, okay, say. Uh, you know, it, it, it might be hard to to relay, to convey what you saw. You know, there, there, there's, there's there's beautiful sights around the world. I've not been out of the United States, but I've heard of others that have gone to different places and they try and describe what they saw. Put it put it this way: if say say you can even in our country, if you can go back in time to the stagecoach days and you would try to describe to these people that are that are you know uh, giddy up giddy up you know and you'd say hey we got a we got a carriage coming and it's, it doesn't have horses we're going to call it a horseless carriage but 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 it has horses though actually 
No, it has horsepower. Horsepower, but no horses. What in the world are you talking about? You're trying to describe something from one era to another, and it just doesn't make sense. John is caught up to heaven, right? He's going to describe things that are beyond our understanding. It reminded me of the book of Ezekiel, where, where Ezekiel is the same. He's caught up, and, and he's trying to describe what he, what he saw, but our God defies description, his greatness shatters our senses. It's, it's, it's difficult to describe one things, things from one country to another or one era to another era. You know, can you imagine going to uh, uh, Pharaoh's army, you know, with his chariots and say, hey, we got helicopters for you. What? Helicopters? What in the world's a helicopter? Right? He's trying to describe what he saw, but it wouldn't make sense to Pharaoh's army, would it? You're going to get me a helicopter. Well, John is describing something that he saw in another uh, country. In the heavenly country, and and it's 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 to our benefit that we have this description. Now, what did he see? He saw a throne. He saw the one that sat on the throne. But now, where there's two roundabouts, round about the throne there was a a rainbow. Round about the throne there was twenty four thrones. Let's think about that for a minute. <clears throat> it's a geometric sight, right? I, I I can only imagine that the the one. Uh, Circle. It had to be a circle because we see, when we look out today, when we see a rainbow, praise God, beautiful things, we only see the part of it, right? If I was into outer space, I'd see the whole thing. He saw a plane around the throne, right? As an emerald, in sight like a rainbow, in sight like unto an emerald. I can only imagine it was, it was horizontal. But then vertical, there's another plane, right? There's 24 thrones. 24 thrones. So, so actually this geometric sight there's, there's these two planes that John sees around the throne. What's that all about, right? This is the throne from which God is going to bring these cataclysmic judgments on the world. What is, what is this, these, these circles about that John sees? Well, we can take a good educated guess because we know that when God instituted the rainbow, he said, I set my rainbow in the cloud. The earth will never be destroyed again by water. I will destroy it by fire, but never again by water. God limited himself. God showed mercy, did he not? You know, so here we are. John sees the vision of, 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 of the one on the throne. By the way, that's one of our questions. Who did John see? Well, he saw one on the throne. But if we back up to chapter 3, we're going to read the Lord Jesus said, I sat down with my father in his throne. So we're going to conclude it's God the father he sees. So he sees God on the throne with these two uh, these uh, circles of, 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 of limitations, right? Because the rainbow limited him, limited him. You say, doesn't God do what he likes? Well, he does what he likes, but what he likes, we understand from that circle, limits him. Well, what about this circle? Well, these are elders. These are those that, that the presbyters, I don't know if that's the right word, but these are ones that administer justice, administer, they, 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 they provide administration, just like the elders of Israel, just like the elders in a church, right? They're, they're going to administer justice and, and lead things. God is pleased to use these individuals, whoever they are. We don't know what, we don't know who they are. I know there's a lot of good conjectures about who they are, but we know what they are. Here is these two circles, right? You got a circle of elders, you got a circle of rainbow. 
a, a circle of, of a rainbow. And God is going to bring these cataclysmic judgments. But in those judgments, he's going to show mercy. Just like he did with the rainbow. Never again will I destroy the world by water. Never again. He limited himself. And now in the end of the book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, John sees this throne and one sat on the throne and these circles around that he's going to limit himself by the judgment. In fact, he's going to invite in these elders to reign or to, to administer the justice with him. What do you mean? Well, it says in the next chapter, we shall reign with him. He is, this is, this is, this is a judgment that he's passing on to those that he's going to join with and allow them to administer that justice. You say, well, wait a minute, this is crazy. Well, it's not. What does God do today in the family? Children are a heritage of the Lord. He gives the parents the right to administer the care, the justice that those children need to raise them. In a proper way, God help us as parents that we, we that we we minister that we that we respond to the one on the throne in the way we act with our children. But that's what's here. You know how I know? Look at that. Who are they? No, we don't know that. What are they? They are creatures. They are human. I would say human beings. They have to be because they're distinct from the angels. But we know they're creatures. They have white robes. There was righteousness. There was perfect righteous, per, personal righteousness that they had. We know from the other, the rest of the revelation that the, 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 the uh, righteousness, the robes are, are the, 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 the good deeds, the, the good works that they displayed as believers. So we know that there, here's a righteous group, the white robes, personal righteousness, just Government, the crowns of gold, here they were, you know, uh, high quality of government, crowns of gold, right, on their heads as they ruled and reigned, as, or, or, or at least started out, this is, this is the, we're gonna see something different in the next chapter, yes. But here, they, they all have crowns, right? And they're, they're, they're circled around the one on the throne. This is a beautiful scene. This is all before the cataclysmic judgments are poured out on the world. Because we see it in the next verse. Now, they're also, one more thing, they're spiritually intelligent. Right? At the end of the chapter, we see them, as it were, abdicating what reward or, or uh, a rule they had. They, they cast their crowns before the Lord. You see, and said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, for you to receive uh, glory and honor and power. Right? They're spiritually intelligent. They're not just a bunch of yes men. They can make decisions. Right? And, and that's what he's calling on them to do. And believe it or not, we, I believe, we could be represented in that, that group. But we know that those who know Christ as Savior, when he comes, if he were to come right now, we'd be caught up together to be with the Lord. And, and we're going to come back at some point to rule and reign with him. Next chapter. We shall reign with him on the earth. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, out of the throne uh, proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. That always speaks, it seems, in the word of God of, of, of an august display of righteousness, of holiness, and judgment. 
You remember uh, Exodus chapter 19, when the people of Israel were called out of Egypt and they're gathered around Mount Sinai and it burned with the smoke and fire and there were thunderings and lightnings and a voice of a trumpet that grew louder and louder. And it was so, it caused such a stir in those around that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And the people said, don't go put us near that mountain. You go, Moses, you go. You go, listen, you've been outside in the thunderstorm. And when, when the lightning hits or the thunder crashes, I tell you, it's enough to shake you to your very bones, isn't it? What a, what a minuscule display. Who can understand the thunder of his power, Job said. But can you imagine here, John is caught up to see this marvelous vision in the heaven, in, in, in God's abode. There's thunderings and lightnings and voices because there's going, here's the moral governor of the universe about to, to, to cast his judgments on the, on the, on our earth, on the earth that we know of, right? But what kind of judgments? There's seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, right? This is a judgment not of darkness, but of light. The world that we live in now, you know, you don't have to be a genius to look around and you could see that, that there's a sinister force going on, even in the, 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 the pandemic now. But, but there's something behind that's pushing. I don't know what I thought. I don't follow politics, but I do know what the Bible says, that there's the, the, what the Bible calls the ruling powers on the earth is the powers of darkness. The kingdoms of this world, the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's not the kingdom here. That's not the throne here. This throne is a kingdom of light. God, if you're here this morning and you know the Savior, God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If I'm not a believer in the Lord Jesus, I am abiding in darkness. John chapter 12. But I, that when I come to believe on Christ. I'm translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And it's out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, we, we must move quickly here. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like under crystal. What is that? Well, if we compare with other scriptures, we could see that <clears throat> the wicked are like the troubled sea, casting up mire and dirt. That's what the world offers. But this throne, this this this. Uh, government, right? There's a, there's a, there's a, a, a sea, a calm sea, clear as crystal. Holiness, right? That, that, that's not like that in the world. And, and, and even though such awful judgments are going to be passed down from heaven to this earth, look at the, the condition. Look at the environment around the throne of God, like a sea of glass, calm like crystal. And then there's the four living creatures. Now, I don't know everything about these four living creatures, but I've had an interesting and a, a, a profitable time trying to consider this. Remember, John is describing something from the heavenly country. We're not going to fully grasp it. But as we, perhaps the closer we draw to the Lord and as we take the, 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 uh, Understanding from other parts of the scripture, we have, we can see that in Ezekiel's day, he saw cherubim or living creatures and he described them. 
and, and, and it seems that that's what John saw here. They're, they're coming together at these living creatures like the cherubim and the seraphim, right? Uh, from uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 6, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord in all his glory, the seraphim, the creatures were there. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who, who are and was and, and is to come, right? There was a, that, that seems to be their occupation. They're persistent. They're constant. They're incessant occupation. John's seeing in the heaven, right? And, and around that throne, there's these four living creatures that, rep, that seem representative of creation in general that are giving glory to God. It's not like that in our world. The ox knows his owner, the, the, the donkey his master's crib, but my people don't know. It's only we humans that, that, that turn against our creator. We heard this morning, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not give to another. But there are human beings that rise up against the Lord. You remember that king in Acts chapter 12, I think? He made a speech and the people praising their king. It's the voice of a God and not of a man. You could imagine Herod puffed up with his ornaments and his crown. <laughs> you know what the Bible says about him? He was eaten of worms and died. Not he was died and eaten of worms. He was eaten of worms and died. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I will not give to another. You know, it's, it's a shame that, that puny man, you know, can rise up and shake his fist at God, you know, and like he has some say in the matter. God holds our breath in his hand. It behooves us with everything, not everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. That's what these, these, these living creatures are doing, right? They, they're, they're around the throne. They're, they're, they're caught up. They're taken up with the throne sitter and they're crying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. And then in verse, the last section, we'll, we'll, we'll finish with this <clears throat> nine to 11. When those living creatures give glory and honor and thanks. Whenever. Whenever those living creatures give glory and honor and thanks. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him. That liveth forever and ever. What a scene here of superlative worship. Whoever they are, these elders, whenever the living creatures whose occupation was around the throne to say, holy, 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 to him who always was and always will be, whenever they do that, these elders, they just fall down and worship him giving him his creatorial rights. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. What a scene to close with in this chapter. You know, sometimes we get caught up here in the world in the religious world, I should say, worship. We're going to go praise and worship. I'm going to sing a few songs. 
clap a few hands, raise, dance. That's all well and good. It has its place. But you know what? Worship is far more than that. It's ascribing to God his worth. And there's an aspect here that is overwhelming, his judgment. They had a reason to bow and worship. And as it were, take off, no, actually, take off their, 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 their crowns that they were given. Whether it's the judgment seat of Christ and reward, I don't know. But they abdicated, as it were, whatever they had to give to him. Because in the next chapter, he's going to just be the only worthy one, you see, that's going to reign. <laughs> but they had a reason to worship. That was superlative worship. Because of his judgment. You know, we look around today and we see the horrible condition that the world is in. And we think a governor, a president is going to be the answer. Oh, no. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. And as we as we get a grip of this, right, that that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, right, There was once a king that thought he had it made. He walked around. He was the first wonder. He was the the, the first world empire. One of the first, one of the wonders of the world. Seven wonders of the world. Nebuchadnezzar walks around his king and says, Isn't this the mighty kingdom that I made Babylon? You know what the Lord did to him? Struck him down for seven years. Going around, walking, eating like an animal, the grass of the field, fingernails grew long, looked like a bird, the hair. What a mess from a king to that condition. But praise the name of the Lord, that individual was converted as far as I can see, and I'm going to see Nebuchadnezzar in glory because he comes to the conclusion after God restored to him his kingdom, the Most High rules in the kingdom of men. He saw reality. This work we see here, the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. John is showing us things that were not seen by the human eye. He was caught up in the spirit and he's showing us heaven. Is that what you want? Is that what I want? Is the vision of the Lord my vision? Are you looking for that? What a beautiful thing as we go about life. How do you do life anyway? Is it just existence from day to day? Oh, how's the things? How's everything? Well, back to the grind. You know, I just got to go do this and I do that. I eat, sleep, I play. Is that all there is to life? No, bless his name. <laughs> There's not more to life. There's a lot more to life. John's telling us here. He's giving us a glimpse into the future. This is where it all begins. Chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6 as the Lamb opens the seals and judgment is poured out on the world. The, the, the seals, the bowls, the trumpets are all poured out. The world's a mess. And, then, and, and soon the kingdoms of the world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. That's my future. Is that yours? This is a beautiful chapter. That's why they were worshiping, because of the judgment that he was going to pour out on the world. They, they were overwhelmed with this judgment. They could see it. The lightnings, the thunderings, the voices. And they fall down. And they worship. 
You know, <clears throat> there is in the judgment of God, the holiness of God. And that's what we see here in part. And praise the Lord that John brings this to us in Revelation chapter 4. And if we continue on through the book of the Revelation, we're going to see how the throne manages the cosmos that we live in. Right now, you may think everything's out of order. Maybe your life's out of order. You know the world's out of order, but there's a throne. I know the throne sitter. And so do many of you here. You know him personally. It's not like I know the president. I know, I know, yeah, I know the president. He would never invite me to his house for dinner or tea or coffee or anything. He doesn't know me personally. I know him. You know him. Is the revelation, is the visions in the revelation your vision? Thank the Lord for such a chapter as for to give us this inside information on what's to come. What's next? Our Father, we thank you for this marvelous lesson that you have brought before us uh, through the instrumentation of John. What an invitation. Here was John in exile and imprisonment, and he's caught up in the spirit to see this wonderful vision of what's going on in heaven and what will go on on earth. Oh, God, we are thankful for such a chapter that reveals to us What's next? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.